Oh, thanks everyone for joining us. BB and Budgie's Thursday night. Ricky, Budgie in the hot seat tonight. And uh, as you can see, got a special guest with me. Peter Farrell has been good enough to give up some of his time. Really interested to hear Peter's backstory. And um, I'll, I'll get you to start off, Peter, if you don't mind, by just explaining your, your background in motorsport because it, it is extensive. It's, um, you know, it's taking you around the world. You've had success on, on multiple continents and multiple different, you know, um, categories and, and forms of motorsport. Um, how did, how did it all start? You said you're off here. You're born in Christchurch, spent some time in Greymouth, but grew up essentially in, in Hamilton and joined the Hamilton Car Club and as a, as a teenager. Um, where did your motorsport journey sort of begin? Well, um, actually, I, I, um, I, it began at Bay Park Raceway when I did a advanced driver's course. Peter, we're an advanced driving course uh, back when I was probably 16, 17 years of age. That uh, that uh, taught me some of the basic skills, and uh, and then uh, my very first actual competition event was the uh, Coca Cola Bottlers uh, Rally Sprint uh, Rally Cross Series at Mystery Creek Hamilton, and that was in 1976. And I uh, I raced a three liter Capri uh, in in that rally cross, and that some old names like Rod Millen and. Um, Many of those um, iconic names were still around uh, in that event at that time. Rod was still in his RX3, and and uh, that that was actually my first uh, uh, entry into into competitive motorsport. Um, but unfortunately, uh, somebody in a, uh, a Vauxhall Viva with a big V8 motor back in those days um, decided to take the side out of my Capri, and um, that was about my year's salary gone in repairing it. So. <laughs> At that time, I think we used to make about twenty-eight bucks a week as an apprentice in New Zealand aerospace industry. So, so I figured I've got to back off this. It was lots of fun, but I'll have to come up with some more money. And that didn't happen until nineteen seventy-nine, where I bought a uh, a really nice Mark One Escort RS two thousand off uh, Clive Kegden, and um, I, I I took it to uh, Marmarua, the the uh, the uh, Marmarua Auckland Cup of Marmarua event, and. Uh, Figured, hey, you know, let me just give it what I got, and uh, it was a five-stage rally. Uh, and I found out going into the last stage that I was actually in the top ten. Uh, it was about 120 cars, and uh, and uh, that taught me the biggest lesson of my life in motorsport because um, that's where I definitely learned um, to finish first. You first have to finish, and um, and I went ahead and uh, lost it and crashed it uh, two turns from the end of the rally. So that just became another one of those stories that it could have been. Um, but what that did do is fire me up, and I swore, well, I'm going to do it properly next time and actually make it to the podium. So that was the start of my rally, 1979 Escort RS uh, 2000. Um, and then that went on. Uh, we campaigned that in, in 80 and 81. I competed in the 1981 Motorguard uh, International Rally. Uh, which I think was about a three-day or four-day event back then, um, and uh, was doing quite well uh, until a big roll in Crystalwood uh, on Hawke's uh, Bay destroyed that car, and uh, that was the uh, that was the stimulus to build a Mark II. And we found a Mark II export, and put all the gear over to the Mark II. Um, and I actually started to become quite competitive uh, in '82 with that car. And, uh, that was a fairly frequent um, uh, top five uh, placement in the, uh, in the in the top half series events. In fact, I think I was runner up at that championship two years in a 
Which event was that? That was the Woodville, 
Um, and along the way, I met people. And one of the most significant uh, persons that I did meet was a gentleman by the name of Keith Potter, who's still a great friend of mine. And Steve was actually the public relations manager for Mazda America. And he introduced me to senior management at Mazda America. And uh, in fact, initially, I, I was involved with a lot of pressure structures of, of cars, uh, new models. Uh, and one of those just happened to be the Mazda the, uh, RX-7 FC3 um, back in the end of 1991. And there's a quite famous Mazda um, gentleman named Kobe Kawakawa, who was the head of the Ulamon, winning the program that year. And he was also the program manager or project manager for the RX-7 development. So I met Cody, became friends with him, and managed to persuade him at a person then to fund a Insta Supercar program with the then new Master RX-7. So I went home from that event in North Carolina with five new RX-7s, and, uh, and what ended up being about a million dollar budget to run a full factory supported team. Wow. Um, and one of the highlights of that was Kobe, um, one of the first things he did is he flew me to Japan, Hiroshima, and I got to sit down at a conference table with all of the lead engineers that designed the car, the guy, um, Kojima that did the suspension and, you know, just everybody. And that, and they were there just asking my questions. So, that was, those are some highlights of what went on, uh, lots of other stuff in between, but those were the big, the big ones. Um, I just, how many, yeah, I was going to say, how many, how many IMSA, um, titles did you win in the end? Well, I well, how many races did you win it? 1991 was my big year. I won the uh, championship um, with a new car coming from Saturn, and they were front-wheel drive cars, a brand new uh, manufacturer. And we had some Saturn support, uh, and you know, I was working with the Saturn um, engine engineers, the actual guys that designed the engine, uh, you know. And um, but I was building the racing myself. So. Um, and I guess the highlight of that year is I got to co-drive at Lockwood Glen with uh, Al Unser Jr., who went on to win the Indy 500 um, later that year and, and the next year. So um, I got to share a drive with him. And um, uh, so that's also, I would say, a highlight of, of my career. But I won. Um, I was very dominant in the um, Insta Firephone Firehawk series, which is uh, an endurance series um, uh, races that are from 3 to 24 hours long production-based vehicles. I ran the RX-7 FCs in them, and we were very, very, very competitive. Race against Camaro, D28 Camaro, Mustang, um, that sort of stuff. And um, and uh, I was, uh, I think I won about, um, oh, I think I counted, sort of like 34 or 36 of those events over, over the period that I competed. Um, uh, the, the supercar series, was, I guess, my highest profile um, uh, deal. That was um, in 92-93, where we were full factory funded, and I raced against um, uh, famous people, uh, Hans Stuck, Walter Roll, um, Paul Newman, the movie star, ran a Lotus in that series with us, and um, we did some really great events. We were pretty much the support events of the IndyCar uh, series and some other GTP events. So Long Beach Grand Prix, Miami Grand Prix, um, you know, watching the plan. Um, and, you know, there would be 24 hour endurance races. And, um, I, I made a living. I mean, uh, for a decade or about 14 years, I actually, um, you know, fed my family from, from motorsport. And, um, wow. so that's, did you, you know, like when, 
when you sort of started, you know, lift in the 80s, you know, as you say, you packed up everything in a suitcase and, and took off to pursue this dream. Did you, in your wildest imagination, think that that would be possible to, to work as a professional motorsport competitor for 14 years in, in the States? Was that, was that no, realistic? I really didn't. No, I didn't really think that. In fact, I, I had a little joke. It turned out to be quite um, ironic now, but I remember saying, I'm going to America to try to make enough money so I can come back to New Zealand to pay for rally. You and did. It actually took me, it took me 40 years to do that, but <laughs> I find myself back in New Zealand um, and doing rallying and, um, and, and I stated that for many people when I was leaving here back in 1984. So, um, so no, my accomplishments there were well beyond what I ever expected. Um, I was very careful not to put a bat above my grade. So I was happy to be well funded with a, with a very strong team at lower levels of motorsport, let's just say it. Um, rather than try to go the big time Trans Am and, you know, the, the programs that really took off deep pockets. So I sort of stayed back from taking on five, not more than I could choose and try to do a good job with, um, with, um, the opportunities that did come my way. Is it, is it kind of strange that, you know, for all your success, because it happened offshore, it, it perhaps wasn't recognised as, as much as it would be had you been in New Zealand and had that same amount of success, you, you know, forefront of mind and all that sort of thing. And it, you know, it almost flows under the radar when you're comparing yourself with your contemporaries, doesn't it? Absolutely, it does, and I'll tell you why. It's a word called the internet. So <laughs> in my heyday, there was no internet, and communication was, uh, was minimal. Um, a couple of Kiwi journalists actually did do some stories on me, um, I would say, uh, um, late 80s. Um, that were they came to the states, and I, I you know, I, I did maybe two or three stories in New Zealand motorsport press, but very little, no internet, um, and you know, of course, no TV uh, that made it here, but uh, vice versa, none of the New Zealand stuff made it there either. So there's a whole generation of, of iconic New Zealand rally drivers that I know nothing about, really. I mean, I know them now because I've done my homework, but you know, like Smoke and Joe, etc. I hadn't heard of these guys until actually I came back, really. And then, well, no, it's on the internet. From mid 2013, um, viewers out there will know I have a good presence on Facebook. And Facebook has been actually fantastic for me because it's allowed me to reconnect with the people. And, and, um, and, and I really enjoy that part of, of motorsport now. Um, you know, I realize, you know, I'm nearly 65. Um, I've had, you know, over 40 years involvement in, in, in motorsport between New Zealand and, and the United States, actually 45 years. Um, so what I just, I'm just having fun now. I enjoy, um, driving the car. I enjoy very much chatting with all the old timers. Um, you know, I've, I've reconnected with some old friends, like Mark Carson, Robert Van Gisbergen, um, and others. So, you know, it's really, it's really satisfying when you're 65. To go to be able to chat with people that you competed with and and, and knew, um, and then they were when we were all twenty five years old. Right? So you know, I, I recall you messaging us. I think um, yeah, a few years back. I think you were still in the states and following our championship um, from from abroad. When 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 did you decide to move back to New Zealand? What was the motivation for coming home as such? You know, like you'd obviously made a life in the states. Was it to get back involved in motorsport, or was it just family reasons, personal reasons, to come back? No, um, well, I was sort of 
you know, I've, I've had a very busy business life as well. That's what I'm out of a car dealer and a business building and business commercial real estate. So I've been on the go my whole life. So basically, I decided that, you know, it was sort of time to uh, slow down and I sold the dealership and, and, um, and, you know, I had a couple of wives. So, you know, I was divorced and, and I have a daughter. Currently, Alison is uh, lives in Cincinnati, Ohio. But uh, she she was born in America, of course, and um, and that. But she's also a New Zealand citizen. So so I do still have family back here. But um, the, I'll, I'll be honest. The primary reason that got me back to New Zealand was was, was rally. I I knew I wanted to come and have fun, and I I um I knew that um New Zealand was the place to come for rally. And and I'll tell you right now, I'm not disappointed. Yeah, New Zealand is absolutely, um, um, uh, you know, one of the, if not the top spot, one of the top spots in the world for rallies. And, and, you know, we hear it all the time, the roads, the roads. And you're right. The roads are just fabulous. You know, all those, um, Otago roads, South Canterbury and, and, um, you know, Wangaray, et cetera. Um, so we, we have wonderful roads. And the other amazing thing is if you want to drive a rally car, in New Zealand, there's somewhere to go every two weeks. You know, whether it's a rally sprint, sometimes they're two the same weekend, you know. <laughs> so it's, it's sort of rally um, paradise here. And, um, and it's relatively affordable. I know that'll be a shock to some. But um, it really is because the logistical costs here are not too bad. In America, everywhere you go, it takes two days to get there. And, um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, so, so here, it's Quite often out of Hamilton, I can throw the car on the daddy on the trailer and drive an hour, and I'm at a, at a relative with you know with 50 or 60 competitors, and uh, you know it's especially you know a few hundred bucks for, for the weekend. So very um, very good place if you like rally cars, great place. And uh, just one other comment here, <coughs> which was the icing on the cake. I remember. I leased a, 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 a Subaru H6 off uh, Jeff Judd when I first got back here in, in um, how was it, 21. And I remember, and remember driving through the South Canterbury State, looking out at the beautiful um, snow-capped mountains in the valley, and I thought to myself, there's no place in the world I would rather be than right here, right now. Yeah, and something very special about New Zealand, isn't it, when you yes. yeah, the natural beauty and... You can travel the world and see some pretty amazing places, but yeah, it's always nice to come home to to, to this place. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I like I like it. Um, you know, I feel It's a uh, it's a fascinating story, mate. Um, um, we could probably go on for a, for a long time. I'd be remiss of me not to talk about twenty twenty three. Um, obviously a pretty challenging start for you at Otago as it was for for a lot of competitors. But you know, when you look ahead to the rest of the year, what are your goals? You were you're extremely consistent. I think you often said to us last year that you were happy to drive within yourself. You know that whole philosophy of you know to finish first, first you got to finish and all of that, and that that served you pretty well last year. What about the approach this year? You, is it much the same? Have you got championship aspirations, or is it more about trying to find a little bit more speed? Than, um, you know, I think you sort of well, touched on that Otago, didn't you? Yeah, well, look, Otago, I'll tell you right now, we had a loose negative battery service. 
that is all that took me out. Really? The bat- negative battery terminal was loose. And, you know, it's, it's wise to be, it's easy to be wise later, but the battery's kind of hard to get to the car behind the driver's seat and under a panel. And, um, you know, we, the ba- we just, with the battery went flat. Wind pump shut off. Everything. But in the end, at the end of the day, it was just the negative terminal was loose. Something that could have been fixed in a minute. But for free, you know? Uh, yeah. so, but that's motorsport for you. Um, I did still enjoy the event, um, and that, and my plans moving forward is to continue to run the Batty in NZRC, um, and, um, I'm particularly looking forward to South Canterbury, I'll be honest with you, um, because those roads are very, very suitable for that car, has a really, um, high top speed, um, and I, I seem to be more comfortable in the past stages and able to kind of get closer to where I need to be. Um, I, we have done a lot of development on the car over the last uh, year and a half. It's incremental improvements. Um, a few, Charlie Evans giving me some help and, and, uh, oh, I'm going to share a yarn with you. Most infamous crash, uh, at, uh, at Rally New Zealand there. In, in <laughs> I was going to ask you about this. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyhow, um, that, that was just two minutes. I mean, I saw 5,000 people added, added 10% to subtracting 10%. You know, just, I did, never even saw that corner coming. So, um, however, I was very lucky and I did actually minimal damage really broke the control arm. Um, and that, but the, the good part of the story is I actually recruited my new rally team on that corner. So spectating was a gentleman by the name of Chris Robinson and, um, and he came forward and helped uh, organize the recovery of the car and ordered the train and everything. Well, Chris has become my crew chief or service manager. He's now my crew chief and helps me prep the car. And his son Cole Robinson, who's only 19, is now my co-driver. So the whole Robinson family has sort of come on board to, to back me up. They live in Hamilton, and uh, so there is certainly, uh, you know, I've turned that negative incident, incident into a positive for me. So um, that, that's that. But I'm moving on through the, the, my plans for the year. Um, yeah, I plan on I'm competing in the NZRC. Um, I want to finish, um, and, you know, I've still got them. It's about two seconds of chaos. The guys I need to beat, Dan and, and um, Dave Strong, etc. Um, and then I reckon I can close that um, five seconds when I get a sequential box. So I'm still sure enough at an eight pattern and, and um <clears throat> I really believe there's improvements to be made in my car with the sequential box. Um, everything else about the car is working great now, handles great. Um, it really is quite reliable, um, with, with um, few exceptions. Um, and, and so there's only two things left that Peter Farrell can do to be, um, to be a front runner, and that is sequential box, and he has to start driving nine tenths and ten tenths like the other guy. I, I drive eight tenths, and that's why I Try not to go up, bounce off the road, but that's not going to cut it. Motor rallying in New Zealand right now is, I believe, quite a bit more difficult than it was in the 80s. I mean, speed-wise. There's some excellent drivers throughout the field. Um, the, the cars are all very well developed. Um, the tires are great, pace mode. So it's a red-hot pace. You can't just be conservative and think you're going to get, um, get win stages anyhow. You might actually make it to the podium to attrition. But, um, but for me, I'm going to find that fine uh, balance between um, speed and, and finishing and that. So 
most of all, having fun. I mean, I really don't want to lose sight of that. It's got to be fun, as it, and it is fun. And um, and I'm hoping uh, to try, I mean, stick with the banding this year, but down the road I've got some aspirations to uh, explore an R5 type car. Not dream that I see just the rally twist, etc., and see what I make of that. Um, and, you know, see if I can uh, uh, get, get, get the grip of one of those. So, uh, who knows what the future holds? But I think I'm in it for a long haul. I plan to spend the next few years rallying, and um, uh, I'm making a lot of business to sell in the States right now. That'll give me quite quite a decent amount of money, and if that actually happens, then I hope to do some uh, road racing as well. So, Mate, it's a fascinating, fascinating story. We could be here, honestly, we could do an hour or two on this, but um, yeah, we would probably better stop it there. Uh, appreciate your time, mate. Um, it's great to have you in the championship. I think I speak for everyone I'm, um, involved in the in the championship to, to say it's 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 terrific to have you back here and hear some of your stories. Yeah, you're great to chat to in the in the service park, and mate, wish you all the very best for the rest of the year. Well, well, thank you for that. One last comment: nobody leaves rallying in New Zealand. Those are people from 40 years still around, and I like that. Too right. All the all the all the other competitors out there looking to see me at Paul Ray. Thanks for uh, taking the time to be buddy. No, appreciate it. Thanks, Peter. Much appreciated, mate. We will look forward to seeing you in Whangarei in a few weeks' time. Cheers.